In today's show, we're going to be looking at the Atlanta Hawks for the 2021-2022 season from a strictly fantasy perspective. Michael Bolton, he wants to hear about it. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here. We are talking Atlanta Hawks. I have Already recorded the show where I spoke with Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks, and we talked about his ideas for a rotation, how he thinks that the Hawks uh, bench is going to play out, some thoughts on DeAndre Hunter. Now we're going to really dig into fantasy ADPs, or mainly ranks at this point, and fantasy expectations for this squad. Sort of a companion podcast to that one that we did a little bit earlier on today. So let's let's do that. Let's do it right now. Let's start by looking at the Atlanta Hawks schedule for the upcoming season. 48 quality games only. So that is below average in the NBA. So that's something worth monitoring when you're looking at those end of roster type guys. It's more important. It is important for other players as well. But overall, the schedule is not particularly good for them. 48 quality games, 14 back-to-backs, which is the second highest number in the NBA. 15 is the highest. There are a few teams that have that. So not ideal there. Their default Yahoo playoffs, they have 10 games, 4, 3, and 3. And in my recommended um, playoff structure, which ends March 20th, they go 2-4-4. So it's still 10 games, but two games only in that first week. Again, we're not basing or not drafting based specifically off um, a playoff schedule or of schedule in general. But you, you tie those things in with only 10 games in a default Yahoo or 10 games in my recommended format. So it's not perfect. Yeah, 10 games in default Yahoo is worth, worse than 10 games in my one because the most in a Yahoo default is 12. The most in mine is 11. But then also high back-to-back. So for guys who get hurt or guys who might be dealing with some knee problems, maybe it's like the guy that's pictured there, DeAndre Hunter. Maybe there's some issue. Then again, we're not looking at this and going, all these guys are coming in resting on back-to-backs. But what is important to note is that if it's against an easy team, if they've got a buffer in the schedule, if they have someone coming back from an injury, those back-to-backs become important. That it means they just lose an extra game or two. So if Trey gets hurt, sprains his ankle, comes back, and there's a couple of back-to-backs coming up, then he probably sits them early on. And I think that's worth what's worth mentioning. And then the, the lower quality games. So overall, when you've got poor playoff schedule, poor back-to-back total, poor quality games, it just gives you a slight ding to the value of those guys. I wouldn't be wouldn't be reading into it in a, a huge, huge amount, but it is something that is uh, important for us to to pay attention to when we're looking at the totality of fantasy value for players on the Atlanta Hawks. Now, let's have a look at some pressure points. So when I, when I talk pressure points, what we're looking at is what can really impact the projections. I think that's, that's super important because yeah, we can go through and, and I go through and project this stuff out all the time. And we go through and we I project every single player in the NBA and try and get everything right. And of course, you can't because it's impossible. So what is the things that I'm worried about on this team? Well, DeAndre Hunter's shooting 
is one of those issues. Because he came in last year, had a true shooting of like 64% to begin the year. His free throws went up about 15 percentage points. His two-point percentage was through the roof. He shot his threes better. And then he came back from injury, and it was trash again. So which one of those is real? Now, as we spoke about with Brad on the earlier show, it's probably somewhere in the middle, leaning a little bit closer to what he did pre-injury. But if he goes back to being a bad shooter, then the value for him disappears completely because that really high spike that he had to begin last season was due to the fact that, yeah, he just couldn't miss. Like his two-pointers just kept going in and the field goal percentage was through the roof and the free throws were through the roof. And if if it regresses, then there's real problems because he doesn't bring assists. He doesn't bring rebounds. He doesn't get steals. He doesn't get blocks. You know, the value really does fall apart in that situation if the shooting doesn't get back to normal. Um, I think he is probably, DeAndre Hunter, a slightly better category league guy than a points league player. And in large part, that's going to be um, based on what happens with those those percentages there as well. But he is someone that, that is a real... A real pressure point again, as as we're as we're naming it here, as to how that that goes. Now, John Collins, there's an interesting one there with Collins. Does he get any sort of minutes bump? Because last season Collins played uh, 29.3 minutes per game, like really not very high at all. Can he play more minutes this year, especially with Onyeka Okongwu out to begin the season? I'm not sure. He put some pretty pretty good numbers up in the playoffs last year, but again, they don't want to push him, it seems, to a 33-minute role because they'll play Gallinari there. They can push Hunter up to the four if they've got a healthy Cam Reddish. The, the potential for a Collins minutes bump is there. The likelihood, and we have to project things assuming people are going to be healthy for the vast majority of time. The likelihood of a minutes bump for John Collins, I wouldn't say is all that likely. Another projection pressure point is Trey Young, who is a high-volume three-point shooter for sure, but he doesn't hit them at a particularly particularly high level. Last year, Trey Young was at 34% from three. I think he can be a 36% shooter, but his value jumps spectacularly if he goes from a 34, 34 guy to a 39 guy on the volume that he takes. So that's a really... A really interesting scenario for Trey. He, he finished last year. I think it's fair to say a little bit, um, a little bit disappointing in in terms of uh, overall fantasy numbers for for Trey. It, it, he wasn't he wasn't at his best. He wasn't at what he was the year before. And he was a guy that I was pretty happy with looking at as a as a first round sort of player. And, and that obviously didn't work out. But overall, um, yeah, his numbers ended up where he was. He the twelfth ranked player. At the end of last year, Trey Young, which that that's on sorry, that's on total total value. On per game value, he was twentieth. Um, in large part because of a hit in usage. But if he's able to take his three pointers up, that means field goal percentage goes up, that means scoring goes up, it means three pointers made goes up. So there is room for him to get better. And I do think that Trey will be better this year. I think that we can... I think he is a second-round player to me. We'll talk about ranks a little bit later, but Yahoo's got him ranked 12th. I think that's probably too high for this upcoming season. But the other worry I have with Trey Young is the NBA cutting down on bullshit um, bullshit fouls. Like I think that's a legitimate concern for Trey, who gets so many of those weird offensive fouls, or sorry, defensive fouls by jumping in to his opponent and, and drawing those fouls. And if the NBA is legitimate, and it, it really is a very easy thing to cut down. And if they cut that down, one of Trey Young's biggest fantasy strengths is being able to draw fouls and get to the free throw line a lot. 
So there's a worry there that while he might improve his three-point percentage, he might actually lose one of his strong categories, which is that free throw percentage and free throw percentage volume. Um, and obviously I can't spell because I've written this wrong here on this graphic. Cam Reddish could steal some of Bogdanovich's minutes. That's something that could happen as well. Reddish had that really big breakout game in the playoffs, which a lot of people, and people love Cam, Cam Reddish. He's very much in, um, um, you know, puff emoji Twitter. He's one of those guys they love. He needs more minutes. They need to play more. He has been one of the worst shooters in the NBA over the, over his first two years. Really horrendous. There is a chance that he could push and cut into some of Bogdanovich's playing time or cut into some of DeAndre Hunter's playing time. All of that is a distinct possibility with Cam Reddish. I don't really think that it happens, and we'll talk about Cam Reddish a little bit more in a second, but it is a possibility in terms of downside for Bogdanovich. Um, downside, that, that whole shooting guard mix is a little bit weird here in, uh, in Atlanta. We'll see how that all pa- plays out. But if you, if you know how things are going to play out on the gridiron this year for pro football, college football, BetOnline is the place where you can go to make it happen. BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football betting action. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Be sure also to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. You can take advantage of all of the great offers available now for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's talk breakout players now. And I think there's really only one example here. You could say, um, I probably would have had Ronyeka Okongwu on this mix, to be honest, but at the moment he's injured and he's going to be back in January. You could say DeAndre Hunter could break out. I would argue maybe he already did break out last season. Maybe he's that guy. Yeah, I don't really see it for Kevin Herter, so to speak. I think Cam Reddish has to be the, the most likely candidate here. Again, he's one of those guys that I think gets significantly overrated, but he does have... If the shot ever comes around, he's got an interesting fantasy game because he can get assists, he can get steals, he can go out there and he can hit threes, and he takes threes at pretty high volume, which is important for fantasy. So if you are looking at someone to take a flyer on with a last pick, you know, Reddish is not a horrendous option. Now, I don't have him even projected to be a top 200 player this year because, again, finding those minutes is really tough. Like maybe he's a 22, 23-minute-a-night guy because... Bogdanovich, Hunter, Gallinari, Collins, Herder, Lou Williams, Delon Wright, all these guys, you could make an argument that every one of those guys should play 23 minutes minimum. They won't. You know, Bogdanovich will probably play 30. Hunter will play 30. You know, Delon could play more. Lou Williams could play more. Reddish could play more. Gallinari could play more. But they all have to take a hit on this team. So while Reddish is an interesting breakout guy, and if all of a sudden he comes into camp and shit, the shot's going down, and he takes a step the way that DeAndre Hunter did at the beginning of last season, then maybe it's it's Reddish and Hunter that start, and Bogdanovich comes off the bench, and Bogdanovich deals with his own knee problems, if Reddish has had problems of his own with injuries. 
Yeah, he is the guy that I look at and go, well, maybe it comes together in year three. And he's a 1.7 steals guy, and he averages three assists, and he averages 17 points and hits two threes and doesn't do it while shooting 36% from the field, which has been a real problem, of course, for Reddish throughout his career so far. So he's probably the only guy that I would consider to be in that mix to be a breakout player on this team. Let's look at some sleepers. Because at the at the moment, the time of us recording this, we are looking at you know, where these guys are, are currently ranked. John Collins on ESPN is ranked 105th. Now, John Collins two years ago was like the 14th ranked player. He's not going to get back to that level. I feel pretty good about saying that. But Collins last year was the 55th ranked player. That's pretty good, I would have thought. And in points leagues, what he was, he's 72nd ranked player. Um, 105 really doesn't make any sense at all on ESPN for John Collins. I think you've got to look at the Baptist as a very big sleeper. Again, we're looking at him more as a guy who's a 50 to 70 ranked player, higher in category leagues, lower in points leagues. But that number there is insane. Trey Young, and Fantrax has got some whack rankings as well. I, exp- I explained that yesterday's podcast. Their default draft list appears to be based on last year's numbers and on total value as well. So guys that got hurt fall way down. So Trey Young's at 36 on Fantrax. I don't understand that at all. I think again, middle to late second round for Trey is fine. We hope for an increase in his field goal percentage. We pray that there's not too much of a decrease in his free throws. I've tried to bake that stuff in with his projections and he's still coming out in that 15 to 20 zone. Again, probably a little bit higher in category leagues because of that free throw volume and hit the value of the high, high level of assists that Trey brings. Um, but to me, he's a pretty solid second round guy, not 36th. Um, where is Young's 12th on Yahoo, which is probably too high, and he's 15th on ESPN, which is about right. Clint Capella on Fantrax comes in at 73. Um, yeah, he's ranked 35th on ESPN and 45th on Yahoo. And he's one of those guys that in category leagues, you have to be punting free throws pretty much. So the overall rank for him when I do projections, he comes out in like in the 60s, which, but it's not accurate based, based on his value because you know that you're coming and you're losing free throws and that pushes him into the 40 zone. He was last year the 46th ranked player, even with the bad free throw. So he's got plenty of scope to get better than what those numbers mean. And that number on fan tracks is just way too low. Bogdanovich at 154 is ludicrous. Yes, there could be competition from Kevin Herter. Bogdanovich is better than Herter. There could be competition from Cam Reddish. Bogdanovich is better than Reddish. And Bogdanovich should be playing 30 minutes a night. But you know, the other thing with Bogdanovich as well, he shot like what, 46% from three or something insane last year. I probably should have that number in front of me. 44% from three last year, which is an insane number. So that probably comes down. But him at 154, it makes no sense whatsoever. So real value there. And then DeAndre Hunter's all the way down at 308 because of all the games that he missed. So if you are not switched on and you are drafting on fan tracks, he's way down the bottom of that list. I think that you should be looking at DeAndre Hunter in that round nine, round 10 range. If he does become that elite, elite high volume shooter that he was for the first 20 games of last season, then all well and good. That's a great result, but there's a chance that he doesn't become that player. And you don't want to burn too high on the hope that that 20-game sample size is the real DeAndre Hunter, which I I don't think that it is. But it's not also going to be as bad as the end of last season. I think round 9, 10 for DeAndre Hunter in points leagues and in category leagues is probably, 
is probably the right area for him at uh, at this point. And again, it could it could really work out in a uh, in a more positive manner. Now, speaking of positive manner, I don't know why that what that segue is, but if you are looking for a positive part for your car, rockauto.com is the place for you to go. There's no point going to a local chain store, lining up to see the bloke behind the counter, and he sits there. He's like, yeah, mate, sorry, I'm going to have to order it in. It's going to be four or five weeks for your you know, ratchet clank um, part. And you go, mate, I, that sounds made up. Nah, mate, 200 bucks. And you go, surely rock, rockauto.com has our, our ratchet clanks uh, at a cheaper price. And if ratchet clanks were a real thing, Rock Auto would have them at a cheaper price. They are a do it your do it yourselfers. That's their home for do it yourselfers online. For the last 20 years, family owned business. They have everything you can eat brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and ratchet clanks, of course. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Do you understand that I don't know about cars? Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Tell you what I do know about, though, and that's delicious tasting food. Builtbar.com. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars, they taste just like a candy bar. And today, I got an email from Bilt Bar saying, hey, raspberry cheesecake is back. One of the goat flavors, limited edition, it's back. So go and buy that box. But there's also the, the staples as well. There's your raspberry. There is coconut. There is cookies and cream. There's German chocolate. There's salted caramel. Those flavors are still there. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, get a mixed box, 18 bars, nine standard flavors, two of each. And you get to try them all out. But not only are they delicious, they are healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein. That's probably, what, 722 and three-fourths of an ounce? I don't know, Imperial. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories per bar, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. Go and get yourself some Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you can get yourself 15% off your order at Built.com. Built.com. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off a box of delicious and healthy Built Bars. All right, let's go on to where we sit now, and we're going to look at busts, guys who I think are projected or ranked too high on fantasy sites at this present time. And let's start with the Italian cock. Hands off my cock! Gallinari is at 117 over on Yahoo. Now, Gallinari is going to miss time. He's going to play limited minutes. He was the 139th ranked player last year, and that's with Reddish and Hunter missing basically all of the season. I don't really see how Gallinari is going to be better than that. In a points league, he was 168th. There is under no circumstance am I taking Gallinari at a ranking of 117. It just does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Gallinari on ESPN is at 162. Yeah, wait. Actually, I have him projected exactly at 162 for this season. So totally fine. So more of a 14, more of a 16 team league player. 117 is foolishness. I think Fanapants, who looks unbelievable in this picture, as you can see on YouTube, Kevin Herter at 107 and at 82 on Fantrax. My guys, that is insanity. Now, Herter last year played a lot more than I anticipated. He played 31 minutes a game. He was the 131st ranked player and 141st in points leagues. So Fantrax and Yahoo are going, well, Herder's going to play at least as many minutes as last season, and he's going to do better in those minutes. And I call bullshit on both of those things. He played those minutes because Bogdanovich screwed his knee up, Hunter screwed his knee up, Reddish had a sore Achilles. 
All of those players, maybe not Reddish, or I think all those players are going to be ahead of Herder this year. Oh, and they also added DeLon Wright into the mix, who can play the one and the two. So if Herder gets to 31 minutes a game, it's because there have been at least two catastrophic injuries on this team. I like Herder as a player, but there is no way he is approaching those 31 minutes. And drafting about 107, it's a disaster. 82 on Fanchax, what are you talking about? Absolutely no chance. Bogdan Bogdanovich on ESPN comes in at number 61. I like Bogdan a lot. It's too high. Bogdanovich was 65th last year, shooting 44% from three or 43% from three. So you need that to continue. He played 30 minutes a night. Maybe he could play more minutes. But again, we're banking on hopefully having Hunter and Reddish healthy and the addition of DeLon Wright. I don't think he's going to be playing 33 a night. I think there's significant room for regression in the shooting. And taking him at 61 on ESPN is taking is cutting off any value you have. On Yahoo, he's at 80, which is all right. I think it's probably the right spot. But even that, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about it. And then DeLon Wright, they are clearly basing that on what DeLon Wright did in Detroit. And he's not going to have that role. DeLon Wright is 93rd on ESPN and 80th on Fantrax. We saw what happens to DeLon Wright when he went to Sacramento, when he moves into a backup role. And then, of course, at the end of the season in Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox was out. So he got his minutes back. But unless Trey Young goes down, DeLon Wright's going to be the backup point guard. And even in a backup point guard role, he's going to have to maybe share minutes with Lou Williams. So I don't see what the hell the point would be of taking DeLon Wright at that insane number, 93 on ESPN. He's 193 on Yahoo, which actually I think is probably about right. He is a backup who could be fighting for backup minutes. And that is never a situation that you want to be heavily investing in fantasy. So just be really careful on those auto scenarios. The deal on right at 80 is insane. Inside the top 100, I feel, is insane as well. Unless something just goes completely haywire, I can't see how he could possibly, possibly get to that area at all. I just, there's just no way. Let's look at some deep league flyers. Now, it was a little bit harder to do that with this team than what it was with Boston, for example. Um, you know, I could say, yeah, Gorgie Jeng is a player who's a deep league player. Because again, for the beginning of the season, Gorgie is going to be the backup center with Onyeka Okongwu out. And Jeng is a player that if he played 20 minutes, now maybe Capella plays 28 and Jeng plays 26, or sorry, plays 18 or 20, he can actually have value. I wouldn't take him as a standard league guy, but I'd watch if Capella gets hurt. Because if Jeng has to start at center, and maybe they start Gallinari and Collins together, that's a possibility. But Jeng can put up numbers and he does it consistently. Cam Reddish, also a flyer as we talked about already, but again, finding enough minutes and getting him to shoot well are, are the big challenges. And then if you want to go real, real flyer stuff, Jalen Johnson. Now, he super Im- was super impressive in uh, Summer League. We- we've seen, we saw that. He was amazing. But you've got to go through Collins and Gallinari to get a regular role. Now, Gallinari might get hurt, and maybe he outplays Gallinari. I doubt it. But it is just a deep league flyer, especially if there's an injury situation and you've got an ability to stash that maybe Jalen Johnson could be uh, could be that guy there for you. We'll, we, will, uh, we will see, of course. And then let's go through the rest. Let's go through who we have left on this team that we haven't really spoken about. Anyeka Okongwu, I really like Okongwu, especially for Dynasty. I think he's got top 70 seasons in him in the future. It won't be probably until 2022-2023 at earliest, maybe 23-24. But this is a great time to acquire him in a dynasty format because he's going to miss you know big big chunk of this season. Probably won't come back till January, maybe late January. And he's going to work, have to work his way back in and it's a, a development lost and out of the public perception, out of the public eye. 
Lou Williams, a guy again, who I don't think is going to be an every night part of the rotation. Yahoo's got him at 189. ESPN's got him at 240. That's absolutely fine. Again, not someone I expect to be an every night player. Solomon Hill, similarly, I just don't see how he's going to be a player every night. And yeah, he's older. Uh, he's going to be that guy that maybe can even cut into what Jalen Johnson can do. And then Sharif Cooper. What's my theme music? I thought he was great in Summer League. He did exactly what I wanted him to do. He even showed a little bit of juice in his shooting. He's a great dynasty guy, but at the moment, there's Trey Young, there's DeLon Wright, there's Lou Williams, and there's Sharif Cooper. So he's the fourth point guard. He's on a two-way deal. They also brought back Skylar Mays today on a two-way deal as well. So there's another point guard there. Cooper is a long-term investment who will probably never start in Atlanta and can't play or can't start next to Trey Young. But he's one of those guys that you keep an eye on because at some point, if he develops into a legitimate backup point guard, he turns into maybe like a Terry Rozier in Boston where there just wasn't a path for him to be a starter. So he gets traded and finds that role somewhere else. Devontae Graham this year in New Orleans. We'll see what that how that works out. But Cooper is absolutely someone I'm still valuing as a high-end backup point guard in the league in a few years. He's still only 20. He's just not going to have too much of an impact this season. I wouldn't have expected just based on yeah, the way that the roster is currently constructed. So I reckon that's covering pretty much everyone there. Trey Young, we're looking at as a second round guy. John Collins is a fourth to fifth round guy. Capella's probably the same as a fourth to fifth round player. Bogdanovich, seven to eight. Hunter, nine to 10. Gall- and then everyone else, Gallinari, Wright, Herder, Okongwu, Reddish, Jeng, Williams. They're all late, the deeper league guys with Reddish maybe an upside play. Um, in terms of where you look in points leagues, I think Capella... Uh, you trade, you lose a bit of value in points leagues. Capella gains a bit of value because you don't have to worry about that punt scenario, and everyone else sort of stays at about the same level that they uh, that they are in category leagues, as we've discussed already, guys. This will do it for me today. Second podcast for the Hawks on the for the day. Check out the one I did earlier with Brad Rowland. You'll see it at the uh, the end screen here on the video. You'll be able to get a link to it there. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.